if trauma was personified as a person and, and we're taking attendance, trauma says, hey, when it comes to your dating relationship, present. Wow. When it comes to your friendships, present. Yeah. Mm. When it comes to how you parent, mm. present. So it, it shows up in relationship acti relational activities and what, what better one to really affect but marriage. Hey, what's up, y'all? This is Rod. And this is Kai. And welcome to Married, Married in, in the, the Middle. middle. We have been married for 18 years. We have four amazing kids and a dog named Appa. This podcast is about helping marriages flourish through the challenges of the middle years. Hey, what's up, y'all? I'm Rod. And I'm Kai. And welcome to Married, married in, in the, the middle, middle, where our vision is to strengthen marriages that are in those middle years between seven and 25 years. Uh, we want to see them flourish and we want to see them do well. And so I have a good friend of mine here with me. His name is Markin. Um, and I just want him to introduce himself and tell you a little bit about about who he is. Hey, guys, how y'all doing? Thanks for having me. Rod and Kai. My name is Markin Valmy. I'm a licensed mental health counselor. I specialize in trauma. I'm an EMDR certified therapist and consultant and um, just love talking about trauma and everything that's related to it and how it impacts us individually and collectively. Man, what what is two questions? What is what is EMDR? That's a if somebody's hearing that and they don't know what it is. What is that? And then what is what is trauma? EMDR is an acronym for eye movement desensitization reprocessing. That's a I know mouthful. It's a, loaded, <laughs> it's a mouthful, but it's a it's a form of therapy that involves bilateral stimulation, which is basically um, activating the left and right hemisphere of the brain as you're working through some of your most difficult traumas that have left you stuck, um, enraged, and just not mm. thriving in life. And trauma. The follow-up question: I would say trauma is uh, anything that overwhelms our resources to cope. Uh, and trauma is, is not only the things that have happened to you, but the things that should have happened to you, but didn't like mm -hmm. nurturing and neglect and never being hugged, never being told I love you. And trauma is not actually the event, but it's the result of the event. Oftentimes you'll see two siblings, they go through the exact same right. horrendous right. things, but one comes out okay, the other one doesn't. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. These are the complexities of the mind we can't understand how one was impacted by trauma while the other one was resilient. Um, there's no rhyme and reason to it, but trauma is really the result of the impact and not exactly the impact. Mm, yeah. That's really good. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you, you sound very passionate about this and just knowing you, we know that you're very, it. very passionate about <laughs> this. <laughs> um, and so it's, it's just a blessing to see you Thank walk you. in this. But how did you get in, like, what made you go into into this field of study yeah well initially i was a special needs teacher with this guy over here oh at my our gosh. middle school years ago we won't talk Many about those ago. days yes um <laughs> i pray for those kids but they do a great and uh ironically I, I had no well i did go through i did experience a lot of childhood traumas mm -hmm. but i never made those connections you know back then i just thought you know what that was then or that i'm okay now which i thought but i remember maybe my sixth or seventh year of teaching, uh, I had a couple of kids in the class who, who were deaf and hard of hearing, and I had a silent, sound language interpreter in there, and she would hear my interactions with some of the kids I was working with. Mm. And she mentioned it like on two random different times. She said, I know you're working with some of the most difficult kids in the schools, and 
I think you're wasting your time teaching. You should go into counseling. She would wow. say like two or three random times and said, I, and, and then there was another gentleman at the time at the school who was going through a lot of personal issues and I was counseling him indirectly. I wasn't trying to counsel him, but I kept giving him advice. He kept coming back. And eventually I encouraged him to speak to someone. And then he later mentioned it too. He said, you should think about going to therapy. Mm. I think you'll do better with that. So I think over the years, God just kind of had people randomly dropping little nuggets. Mm. But in hindsight, when I look back on my life, I've been counseling my entire life. I remember being in elementary telling my friends, it ain't worth it. You ain't going to go to recess. I'm like, I've always been counseling. So, so this, I mean, this podcast obviously is about marriage in the middle years, yeah. meaning you got some years under your belt, yeah. some, probably some kids running around, you're in the hustle and bustle of life. I'm thinking about um, a couple that's maybe 15 or so years in, somewhere around that, uh, yeah. maybe they find themselves just in this pattern of crisis. Mm. They're always in crisis. Something is always kind of a blow up or... Um, coming to to some kind of you know really tough spot with that they can't work through. How how likely is it that those situations uh, are related or linked to trauma in one or both of the the couple's lives? It's a strong likelihood, and you know the trauma is not usually equal across the board for the for husband and wife. You know whether. 75% of it is on the wife and 25% of it is on the gentleman. Mm. It still doesn't matter. At the end of the day, I think it's still directly related to the trauma. I've never met someone whose current relationship issues did not stem from some type of traumatic experience. Mm. You know, in the counseling world, we break down traumas. It's big T traumas, little T traumas. I don't get so lost in the buzzwords because at the end of the day, I can't label how something's going to affect you because right. I'm not God. I don't right. know. Right. We all three could experience the same tragic event and all three respond differently mm-hmm. where you're resilient. It, it bothers me a little bit, but I bounce back. And Kaisha, you're frozen right. and you never can move forward. You're just stuck and mm-hmm. defenseless and start to dissociate because of the trauma. I, you know, trauma, that's where it shows up at. That's where if trauma was personified as a person, and, and we're taking attendance, trauma says, hey, when it comes to your dating relationship, present. Wow. When it comes to your friendships, present. Yeah. Mm. When it comes to how you parent, mm. present. So it, it shows up in relationship acti- relational activities. And what, what better one to really affect but marriage? Right. You know, so many extensions of marriage. Parenting, um, looking after our parents in their elderly years, yeah. our kids, yeah. um, just the entire family dynamic. Yeah. No, that's strong. Mm. That's strong. So... Let's talk about those manifestations. Um, mm-hmm. You're raising kids. Kids are growing up. Then kids are leaving. You talked about parents. You talked about uh, just changing who they are, evolving as a husband, as a wife. They're not the same people as these years continue. Okay. What are some ways you see trauma manifesting inside the actual marriage? You know, the term I would hear a lot is one spouse would say, I don't feel like my needs are being met mm. or these are not the expectations I've had. Yeah. And uh, without even realizing it, these were statements that were already being rehearsed from childhood, mm. adolescence, and now it's showing up in your marriage. But the thing is, this is why therapy is so important. Therapy helps to connect the dots mm. of where it initially showed up. 
I use myself, for example, because I'm really transparent. <laughs> uh, my wife and I, we still see a therapist. And mm. when we were having issues in our marriage and didn't feel like communication was on the right point of right point of view, we went and saw a therapist. And I remember my therapist telling me, he said, you know what, Markin, because you have an avoidant, avoidant attachment style, which is basically saying because of the traumas I experienced as a child, it's easy for me to disconnect from relationships mm. if I don't feel a sense of safety. Mm. So I'm the kind of guy, if you disrespect me across me, I have no problems never speaking to you again, even though I never communicated that to you, mm. whether it be directly or passive aggressively, which is very toxic, but that is the only way, I, that was the only way I knew how to deal with conflict. So in my marriage, it's not like I could run, right? Or not <laughs> talk to my spouse. So what I would do is, because I didn't feel a sense of safety, my therapist said I would bring this big dictionary of a book of intellectual words and hide my feelings at the bottom. Mm. And my wife's like, this is overwhelming. Let's flip it and give me more emotions than less words. Mm. The more safety I felt in my marriage, those words started to shrink and the emotions grew, mm. right? And that's the thing, trauma robs us of safety and connection. Cause, and not safety like someone's gonna hurt me, but if I really told you, made myself vulnerable right now, yeah. can I trust you yeah. with that level of vulnerability? Will mm. you? Will you step all over it? Will you make me feel inadequate? Uh, will you emasculate my emotions? Mm. Is it safe to even feel? Because I don't even know what I feel because I've been numb for years. So wow. is it safe right now for me to even try to explore what I'm feeling or try to sit with emotions that I can't even articulate right now? And this is where a therapist comes in and adds language and a little bit of color to things that have been so stuck and all over the place. Man, yeah. this yeah. is so good. This is so good. Uh, so if, if there's a couple right now and they're hitting that constant conflict, it's all around the same thing. If you if you pull him in the corner, bro, what's going on? He's like, it's always blank. Right. <laughs> or if you pull her, it's always this thing in our marriage that leads to conflict. And so naturally they just don't talk about it or they yes. don't know what, we just had a episode on, on communication. Man. That was good, by the way. I saw Thanks, that. thanks, bro. <laughs> thanks. What? How do you help them? How do you help them do the do the do the backstory so they can check their own history to see if that's coloring how I'm approaching this like conflict? Making those connections. But that's yeah. the problem. We don't have the ability to make mm. those connections on our own. Yeah. Because let's do a, a crash course on trauma. Left brain is all logic. Trauma resides in our right brain, the back part where the amygdala is. It's a small little knob oh, like snap, the smoke detector. Okay. And all yeah. of this is a felt experience, <laughs> right? Uh, I know right now, I'll use an example. Let's just say, let's just say uh, you went to the grocery stores to pick up some things for Kaisha, yeah. right? And it's something Kaisha's really looking forward to because she's gonna make an arts and crafts project with the kids. Mm. And you forgot the most important thing. Mm. And you I come- probably did she talk to you I probably talked No, she did, she did. She did, but, but just, I probably just ride with me for a second. Something that specific? You come home without the item and you had a legitimate reason. You're running late for a meeting and you slipped your mind, but Kaisha feels, wow, so invalidated mm. and rejected. Mm from something from childhood. And you're trying your best to explain like, what's yeah. wrong with why is she yeah, getting yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a, wow. but you don't understand, she's operating in the right brain where mm. it feels 
like another disappointment from how I was originally hurt from years ago. Because mm. trauma, it's like you're time traveling. It, the past comes alive in the present mm. when you're triggered. Wow. As if it's happening all over. And one of the OGs in the trauma world, Bessel van der Kolk, he wrote the book called The Body Keeps the Score. He said, trauma is not just a memory, but it that memory is accompanied with a reaction. So every time you're triggered, oh, you're wow. feeling wow. everything all over again yeah. in your body and in your mind. So it's not just, oh, Rodney disappointed me. It's, ah. Uh, I feel so abandoned and rejected right now. And to I'm using that example to bring in how couples argue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going back to the brain. If you two are arguing, she's triggering you, you're triggering her. Mm. You're just focusing on the here and now, right? right? But the trauma don't live here. Mm. And, hold on. The, okay. Uh, I might have, Okay, my bad, my bad. My bad. <laughs> if I'm let, over, I know <laughs> Let me let me reel it back in. No, I'm just like <laughs> Particularly for my brothers, if I can just talk to my brothers ahead. for a moment, brothers would tell me, we talking about this, mm -hmm. like what happened today. And, and a lot of times for us, we want to stay right in the here and now. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times, and this could be man, man or woman, husband or wife, they'll go pull a story back from way 10 years ago mm -hmm. and try to include that in the current conversation. I think that's them trying to connect those dots yeah. i think there is a, a yearning for us man i was i was sitting with some brothers i'm in a pastoral cohort we got mm -hmm. brothers from all over the country that come and meet and we were sitting with a counselor and he started talking about stories and he started talking about attachment it was at that point that i knew i need to see somebody that's e, uh, emdr emdr trained mm -hmm. to help me connect my story because i just felt like there's a bunch of stuff back here you, that's affecting me yeah. here. But if I don't go back, then I can't. Well, I, I mean, and some past. people, they learn from childhood, right? To kind of push it to the back of their mind. Yeah, so they, they may Survival. not even be aware yeah. mm -hmm. that these things are, yeah. are bothering them. If we had enough time, I can just brag on the awesomeness of God with the mind will do to survive with no therapy mm. and dissociate. It, it just... It causes me to worship like, man, God, you flexing right now. The, the ability for the mind to help you to survive. And mm -hmm. you don't even realize until you become an adult and you're like, wow. But not trying to go down in the rabbit hole, but I do want to go back to that example of where the trauma resides. This is why when you sit down with a traditional talk therapist yeah. and you could say, you know what? I've been in therapy for years, but it's not really dealing with wow. these traumatic issues. Yeah. It's because talk therapy is cognitive. It's called a top-down approach. We deal with the cognitive, step one. Step two, we get into some emotions. Um, but step three, we never get to the third part, which is somatic. Somatic means body. Mm. Trauma hangs out in your body, your nervous system, mm. right? Uh, and the reason it hangs out in your nervous system, because when you're traumatized, you have these cranial nerves in the brainstem that run all throughout the gut, throat, chest, heart. That's why when you're anxious, what happens? Yeah. Right. Your heart beats. Yeah. When, when, when you feel, yeah. And also when you're anxious, you feel it in your gut. Right. That's just not intuition. You, the vagus nerve, which is the longest nerve in the body, it, it helps to keep you calm and relaxed. It starts to go haywire because of the traumatic experience. Mm. Wow. So when people are having experiencing trauma, they're arguing the here and now over here, mm. which is cognitive. But the trauma lives in the lower part of the brain, the second and third part, right? 
And talk therapy never goes that deep. Mm. And then that this is called implicit memory, which you feel in your body. Yeah. But y'all arguing over explicit memory, which right. y'all can recall. Right. But mm. so y'all arguing over Rodney, you, you should have gotten that. You know, I really needed it. Yeah. But you're not seeing in the trauma part of Kaisha's brain, which is implicit memory, which she feels in her body. Mm. Rodney, I felt invalidated. I felt unsafe. Wow, I felt you rejected. Just some back but to Rodney's, Rodney's frustrated, like. <laughs> Right. Wait a minute. Right. Not the talk. We but, just listen. But, and, and you brought up a great point. You're like, brothers are saying, why can't we be in the here and now? But fellas, right. no, that's true. Hear that's me good. out. That's you can't good. expect your your wife or your significant other to be in the here and now when they're still dealing with issues from the past. Mm. That's unfair to them. We have to bring them into the bruh, here and now bruh. and being present emotionally by dealing with the past. Hmm. We just can't magically teleport to the present because. To think you can will yourself out of trauma is it's kind of silly and foolish because, like I told you earlier, the logical brain is on the left side. Trauma hangs out on the right mm. side of felt experience. Yeah. That's why you can't think yourself out. You th- can't think your way out of trauma because mm. it's not it's not in that part of the brain. And it's, mm. it's almost like and I, I we got other stuff, but it's almost like the older you get, um, the more you realize. How you can't defeat it on your own. Oh no. And and the increase of man, I need help. I need I need someone to walk me through this. And man, one of our constant things we say, if you need a third voice, go get a third voice. Yeah. Go talk to somebody. Go go solicit some help. Cause this is not stuff you just get through. And we want marriages to thrive. We just yeah. don't want them to exist. Is yeah. that is that I mean it I think of midlife crisis and I could see that as Absolutely. what you're saying, like as you get older, you're feeling that and maybe they just feel like th- this is something, an- something like another coping me- mechanism, whatever mm. they are investing their time in that's, you know, random or extravagant or, you know, in the yeah. end midlife. Mm-hmm. And it's our way of saying, when, when you hear the terms uh, midlife crisis, it's really our way of saying uh, I've gotten to a place in my life where the trauma is becoming a bit too unbearable for me to hide it anymore. Mm. So it's going to show up as me running roughshod through my family life completely. Mm. But in my mind, I think uh, this is validated. I deserve it. Yeah. It gets it's, it's dealing with my sense of emotional apathy right now, but mm. it's still not dealing with the with the uh, underlying trauma. Yeah. So, so I mean, it, that, so that's a lot. And I, I'm, I'm thinking sorry. of a lot. Of, I mean, EMDR <laughs> specialists all over the country. You're welcome. You're probably going to get customers. But I, I, I say, my, I guess my next thought is like, how does a couple know? Like, there are some things you talked earlier about big trauma and little trauma. I forget yes. the terms that you use, but big T trauma, little T. You're okay. doing well, little T right? trauma. So um, there are some things that you know we can. Obviously, we can work through. We have to learn to work through on our own. Yeah. Um, and then there are situations where it just, you know, That's you're good. not going to get through it mm-hmm. on your own. How can a couple, thinking of the these situations, married in the middle, mm-hmm. with all the added pressure, so they have their trauma, mm-hmm. plus all the added pressures mm-hmm. of the stage in life that they're in, how can they differentiate, you know, maybe we just need some skills to communication, or we really need to bring in a third-party professional, um, or even further for EMDR um, kind of therapy? What I would say first, that's an amazing question, is in order for any couple out there to have the ne- the necessary healthy coping skills to deal with issues on their own, you, you got to deal with the foundational things first. You will never build a house 
on sand until you make sure the concrete is stable, leveled, and smooth and everything and, and, and solidified. So I noticed something about human experience, and I've read this in a trauma book, how we're always trying to connect, even with random strangers. You ever watch a good movie and how you're rooting for either the antagonist or the mm. protagonist or your favorite sports team? LeBron makes an amazing play. What you do? You get up screaming. Yeah. We naturally connect, right? Mm. But with trauma, you don't. You have, a, you have an inability to connect with yourself and the other person. So go to go into that professional who knows what they're doing. They're going to help you to learn how to feel safer in your body mm -hmm. so that you can connect. Because all trauma is, is bridging the gap from the past to the present, but also helping the body and mind to speak the same language. Because mm -hmm. if you're feeling anxious or depressed, your body's been sending you signals for years. Hey, you're depressed, you're anxious, but your mind's like, oh, whatever. That's just some tension in the back or whatever. But but when you meet with that trauma specialist, you learn how to bring them two on the same frequency to speak the same language. And then as you gain that sense of safety um, and connection, now you can you can you can feed off your spouse with that and you guys can feed off each other and then begin to build off of mm. something. I have the foundational tools to move forward. So to answer your question, therapy will help you to get the, the basic ground level work and then from there you can build from that. That's so yeah. good. That's so good. Man, talk to the husband and wife who who's listening to this and he's thinking, man, he may know his wife or her husband has gone through something traumatic in their childhood and they're able to connect dots mm -hmm. on how that is leading to this. How can a spouse be loving and compassionate as they see that even if the other spouse doesn't want help, doesn't want change, think they're fine, think everything is okay. Mm. How, how do they walk in compassion? In I think one, one of the ways you walk in compassion is to uh, help remove the shame. And the way you help to remove the shame is uh, you, you meet with that person where they're at, you love them where they're at, and you would like if I had a spouse who didn't want to work on her, her issues and I knew I, I had traumas that I need to work through in mine, I would go get the help individually first. Mm. Right. Oftentimes we don't want to acknowledge that we have trauma out of ignorance. And sometimes it's fear of what I will uncover mm -hmm. mm -hmm. because That's huge. Yeah. we we can really get off. I'm, I'm working on this book on trauma and, and vulnerability right now. And I want to Let's pause. Let's pause. <laughs> okay. Can you please tell us the name of the book you're working it's on? It's going to be called Trauma <laughs> Stories, uh, Discovering Strength Through Our Vulnerabilities. Awesome. Uh, and it's just really a collection of me as a therapist telling the stories with their permission of some of my past clients who successfully completed EMDR, but also going on a sojournering path of telling my own personal mm. trauma stories and just how trauma affects us in all different facets of life whether relationships uh, marriage uh, uh the stigma around trauma and all of the, the different and how it affects the body and all those different things as well awesome. but on the trauma on the topic of stigma and shame shame is the sense of and, and i gotta go back to childhood because the shame for these whenever you see a spouse saying Nothing's wrong with me. I don't want to go to therapy. Mm. This is probably this child at this is probably the the adult as a child that parent robbed them of authenticity. Because mm. as a human being, any child needs two things: attachment 
and authenticity. And if you've never heard the word attachment, attachment is a sense of security, a sense of I belong, a sense of safety, mm. a sense of come here, boy. I'm mm. proud of you. Yeah. I love you. Yeah. You know what, son? I didn't make this game, but I'll make the next one. Mm. You know what, daughter? You probably didn't make an A like the other kids, but mm. this C here, I saw the effort. I love yeah. you. I see you. I validate yeah. you. You need that. That's authenticity. But I mean, I'm sorry, that's attachment. But you also need authenticity. Authenticity is, you know what? I have a seven-year-old daughter. It's me telling Michaela, my seven-year-old, you know what, baby? It's okay to cry. I'm not going to stop you. I'm not going to stop you. Because if I tell you something like, big girls don't cry, or what you crying for that? Mm. I'm yeah. teaching you, don't be authentic right now. You need to do something that makes daddy happy. Because mm. if you cry right now, uh, I'm going to shame you by letting you know you should be above that. So what do you do now? You rob yourself. You abandon yourself of authenticity, the real emotion to attach to daddy. Right. Mm. So you grow up being this adult who says, you know what? In order to not be shame, I need to push down what I'm really feeling, wow. what I'm really experiencing. And you go into marriage like that. So now you don't know how to emote or to show emotions around your spouse or show any level of authenticity because you've been denying yourself of that from childhood in order mm. to attach to your caregivers. Wow. Right. I'm sorry. I ain't trying to go that deep, well, but no, that's what it's I'm good because I mean, some of this is our parents who are actually watching. These are yeah. these are the married couples. Who actually, <laughs> sorry, it, it happened to them, and and now it's it's a cycle that right. they're doing it to their kids. Generation of trauma. You right. know, I can remember times even for me where I, you know, one one of our kids uh, it has stronger emotions, yes. and me feeling like. You know, I don't want them to cry because it really it might have been triggering something in me. Mm-hmm. You know, like I don't want you to set me off, so I need you to calm down. <laughs> um, but really, letting it be okay for them to express their emotions. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. That's you so know, good. I'm sorry, you're gonna say something. No, no, no. Go ahead. There's this sense of if I freely allow you to express yourself, you won't be able to survive in this world. Mm-hmm. I know it from my Caribbean context. Yeah, mm-hmm. coming about from Caribbean. Haiti, uh, I remember <laughs> hearing. Um, as a child growing up, don't hold your newborn too long. You'll you'll spoil them. Mm. You can't spoil a child with too much affection. If anything, it'll help that child to be more solid and 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 more secure, secure yeah. in how they feel. I mean, you you can't overdose off affection. Yeah. Mm. So, but kids need it. E- even in our Western context, mother gives birth after three months. She got she has to be back to work. When really that mother should be with that baby for at least a year, connecting and building that attachment. But mm. unfortunately. The, the structure we have here in Western culture kind of robs you of that because you have to make a living. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the more we nurture and give that secure attachment on the front end, we're helping to have more secure marriages on the back end. But because a lot, so many of us were robbed of that, trauma therapy helps you to heal what never occurred in childhood that should have yeah. occurred so that your marriages could be more solid on, on, in, the, in the present. Hey, what's up? We hope you are enjoying that episode. I want to encourage you to like, comment, share, subscribe. If you are listening to this on the podcast, I want to encourage you to leave a review. Leave a review, yes. And we want to let you guys know that we're trying to build a community of viewers. So we have a Patreon page where you could interact with us on a more personal level. Mm -hmm. You can get exclusive content. So if you want to know more about our Patreon page, check out the description box below and click on that link. So enjoy the episode. Peace. Man, so good. So good. What makes us tell our kids stop crying? Why do we do that? We we tell our kids to stop crying because 
our culture thinks vulnerability is the biggest weakness there is out there mm. when really it is a God-given strength. Wow. To be able to make yourself vulnerable, you're able to connect with another human being on a deepest level. That's mm. the only way to connect with God right. is to be vulnerable. Good, yeah. right. when, when, you're, when, when you rob yourself of vulnerability, you're robbing yourself of a humanity that you were naturally, that's imprinted in your mm. DNA, right? So I think, I think it's intergenerational trauma. If mom and dad are telling you not to cry, they weren't given that safety, mm. uh, that safe environment. It wasn't cultivated for them as a child for them to cry. So intergenerational trauma, it trickles down in, from, from your parents' generation to your generation and to your future kids' generation. And the way we break these cycles, we go get the help. Right. We, we said the butt stops here with us. Mm. I don't want this to go down to my kids. Mm. Uh, and And... Therapy as a, but I don't want to just paint this picture, go to therapy, everything will be okay. Right. There are a lot of intangibles that will be needed to help you to learn. It's okay to process, to, to, to display healthy emotions. Yeah. That's communal healing. Mm. So if I get around other brothers who are hugging each other, um, showing non-sexual affection, hugging each other, um, crying, uh, be, being masculine, but at the same time displaying their emotion mm. and not feeling it makes them any less masculine, right. There's a strength and beauty to that. And same thing for, for women as well. And I think our culture tells us if you're displaying that, you're weak. Mm. When really that's the strength. And it's actually cathartic to mm. finally get some things out that you've been in, that you've been internalizing for decades. Wow. It is this push even amongst women to be more non-emotional. Right. To be more dominant. To be I am resilient. I am strong. Be, I'm independent. Yeah, to be this boss personality. Mm -hmm. And it's beautiful what you're saying. I think therapy, and one of the things we want to argue for, we argue for this at our church, it is not that that it's just Jesus only and you don't need to talk to no counselor. It's not counseling or therapy over Jesus. There's a beautiful blend to the two. When you're talking about vulnerability in, in therapy, I think of Jesus as he's sitting there with Mary and Martha, <laughs> and he starts to weep in front of, in yeah. front of them. He does not hold back his mm -hmm. emotions, yet he's God enough to call a dead man to life in the mm -hmm. same yeah. story. Yeah. And so I just think this, it's for good. you know, for us, we've been apologetically <laughs> gospel proclaimers, and I think this is a beautiful time where you see the blend in the beauty of the gospel and how that, in, that fuels marital success. Mm -hmm. And so if you're not a Christian, listen, we want you to watch, but if you are, you, I hope you're starting to see this blend of the beauty of what Jesus offers and how that meets us in our marriage. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Is, were you asking me a question? Or I mean, I know you was about to ramp up. You started <laughs> to preach, but I, I thought it was a question. He but almost I, it'll come back. Points. No, I didn't want to stop you. I didn't want to stop you because no, you slow it. No, that's good. No, the the, the 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 last question is that same thing. How does the gospel inform and transform us through our traumatic experiences? Well, I think the the gospel gives us this thing in the counseling world we call reciprocity, which is being seen, heard. Mm. It, it validates our humanity. Mm. Um, Jesus say, I see you. I see where you've been, where you are, and where you're going. Mm. I validate you. I made you with dignity. I made you with worth and value. Uh, and I think that starts us on a trajectory to where we can begin to be vulnerable. Um, vulnerability doesn't initially heal us, but it opens the doorway yeah. of everything we'll ever need to start yeah. our journey of actually healing from our traumas. And then from there, not, not just therapy, but what I mentioned earlier, um, the healing process becomes communal. Mm, you get around other brothers and sisters who can encourage you. I think everything is an is an added component 
in this recipe. It's like if if healing from trauma was the gumbo soup, the ingredients have to be a hug. It has to be a text from someone say, you know what, girl, Kaisha, I'm just checking on you, just thinking about you today. Let's connect. Let's go grab coffee. Let's let's take our kids out for a play date. Uh, let me let me just sit in silence for my morning devotion. And, and just listen in complete quietness and really sit with my emotions and thoughts, although that is terrifying. Let yeah. me just teach myself how to turn off all the noise and, and distraction. Let me, let me um, not isolate myself out of fear of lack of safety, but yeah. let me connect with others. Let me try something new. Let me, uh, let me learn to be present in the moment. Let me learn to do something simple like journal, get some sunlight. It's all part of the process to mm-hmm. heal. Let me go get a deep tissue massage or take a vacation. Let me rest and feel unapologetic about it. Mm. All of that, all of those are the ingredients that we're adding into this gumbo of healing. It just so happens that trauma therapy is a big added component, mm. right? Um, but but at the, but at the end of the day, I'm not just gonna sit here and say, "Oh, you go to you do EMDR, that alone will fix you." EMDR is just one of many trauma therapies that can Mm -hmm. heal you. At the end of the day, if we're dealing with what's stuck in the body, the nervous system, you're already on that trajectory towards healing. And of course, definitely the implications of our faith in in Christ as well, that that, that helps as well. And um, I think it's all part part of the journey. Mm -hmm. You you, you talked about many different forms of of therapy. I'm thinking about, I mean, therapy can be expensive. Yeah. Um, and, and especially when you get to the level of EMDR, um, I, I'll ask, and then I'll say something for, for the couple who just, who just doesn't have it. Yeah. Um, yeah. how, how do they work through something, um, with such, um, with such depth that, you know, going back into their past and everything. But I would say for, for, for most couples, you got it. <laughs> Y'all got it. You, it's an investment, and I hear that a lot. I hear that so often. People say, "I can't afford." It. Oh, that's too much. It's, how much is it per hour? I can't afford that. Um, but it's, you know, you can find a way to spend this amount of money at a restaurant, or you know, um, this amount of money on shoes, or hair done, nails done. You know, I, I think that, uh, you know this ultimately is an opportunity to invest in your marriage yeah. and to invest in your family and to uh, invest ultimately in in the legacy that you're leaving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As Markin talked about, the things that trickle down from generation to generation, mm. if you're creating a culture of healing, that is going to, that's going to seep into the lives of your children and, 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 you know, moving forward, creating that sense of awareness. So it's worth, it's worth the, it's worth the investment. Pay the money. Find out from your insurance company if if some of it will be covered. Yeah. Do do it, you know, because it's worth it. But for those who who really honestly cannot, mm-hmm. um, how can what are some ways that they can um, seek help? I think there, depending on your your city municipality, there are a lot of um, nonprofits out there that offer this level of therapy. Uh-huh. I'll be honest, you don't always find the greatest level of um, therapy. Therapy, not because it's free, but because I always, one thing I always look for in other therapists, are you passionate about what you're doing? Is this just a job or is this something like you really want to see people made whole and come alive mm-hmm. again? Uh, I think just like in anything that you really want, it's going to take some research, mm. either connecting with your local church, seeing what programs are out there, uh, seeing definitely th- through your, if you have insurance, 
what type of what type of therapists who do take insurance who specialize in trauma therapy but i even say just start a deep dive of what are the different modalities of trauma therapy i specialize in emdr there's other types like sensory motor exercise which is the form of trauma therapy this is really great for sexual assault victims but anyone any but any other type of trauma as well you're actually doing physical movements it's like you're working with a physical therapist but they're actually mm. a trauma therapist and they're, te they're doing different movements to release the trauma tension in your body right. help you to feel safer help you to connect this internal family systems um, developed by a gentleman named Richard Schwartz, which teaches you how to deal with the different parts inside of you that we form through dissociation. There may be a part of me that feels shame right now, so whenever someone disrespects me, it shows up as rage. Mm. There may be another part of me that feels uh, uh, less than right now, so when, when opportunities arise, I try to find ways to disqualify myself wow. and yeah. learning how to heal and unburden those parts. Mm -hmm. There are different type of exercises you can do, different type of, even something as simple as dance, movement, getting a deep tissue massage. Mm -hmm. Remember I said earlier, the trauma is stored in your nervous system. Mm -hmm. So trying to find healthy ways, non-medication ways to get it out of your body, it's only gonna make you more sound uh, in, in the long run. But which I wanted to piggyback on the comment you made earlier about to the person who says this is too expensive. My response to that, if they can't afford it, but still feel it's too expensive. What is the price of you of you dealing with your depression, your anxiety, having a thriving marriage, mm -hmm. feeling more present and sound in your peace of mind and your body? Mm -hmm. You we we pay for what we think has value, whether that be a Louis bag, a new pair of J's, whether that be a new vacation, a new vehicle, an updated iPhone, we pay where we think is value. So I think if you make an investment in yourself, it's only gonna trickle down over into your marriage. So whether you come to me for therapy or anyone else, at the end of the day, you can't run from what's in you. So you might as well deal with it, yeah. I feel like I can feel some people saying, that sound like mumbo jumbo. Does that, like does this actually work? From what you have seen, like what what kind of success stories have you seen for people who have been through you know trauma therapy? Yeah. Mm -hmm. What well, here's the cool thing. This is also in my book. I've been on both sides of the couch, not only a therapist but as a client. Mm -hmm. So I'm not feeding you something I read. This is something I've experienced. Yeah. So yeah. once you've experienced it, no one else can convince you. Yeah. That's why I'm so passionate about therapy. I'm on this quest to help a lot of people to experience what I've experienced. And I and I always, and, and just from a biblical standpoint, I always look at individuals who are struggling, who are stuck and say, man, I just, I imagine what they could do for the kingdom mm -hmm. if they weren't stuck, mm -hmm. if they were free uh, emotionally and mentally to do yeah. all that God's called them and created them to do. That's good. Mm -hmm. So that's what gets me excited about it, seeing them transformed. And sometimes the transformation happens as they're going, you know, mm -hmm. so yeah, that's the part. And I can't sell you a speech to convince you. You just got to be willing enough to try it. Mm. Yeah. So good. So good. Man, Mark, you said a mouthful. Yes, I have. <laughs> you did. That was, thank you so much for no sharing problem. with us. Uh, we want to offer just some next steps. Uh, we want to encourage you, if you can, see someone that can help. Yeah. So that's a therapist or or someone that you can speak to, go to your pastor if, if he's available, or, or just seek some help to get a third voice into your marriage if you feel that's what you need. And the second thing to do, 
uh, that Mark mentioned is just make sure that you have a community of yes. people around you that are helping you process what's mm-hmm. going on in your life. You mm-hmm. need healthy people around you. So yeah. I want to encourage you to uh, to pursue that. Mark, we're going to end this episode. I'm going to ask, bro, if you can pray for us. Sure. If you can pray for people that are processing, dealing with things right now, if you can lift them up before Jesus. Sure. Father God, just thank you for this time with Rod and Kai uh, on their podcast. Pray for marriages now that are stuck, that are mm, struggling. Uh, pray for people who feel like uh, they they wasted their lives. Mm. Uh, they could be doing better with someone else or mm. in another situation. I pray that you will restore passion and vigor in their relationships. Mm. But most importantly, I pray for the individual walk with you because it all starts vertically with you. Mm. I pray you help the people who are listening to heal individually so that it could be reflective of their collective relationships, their friendships, their, their marriages, uh, their parenting, how they interact with their coworkers. God, Mm. I just pray for healing. I pray that you remove the shame that tells them, uh, we, that they learn from childhood that tells them you don't talk about what happens in this house or what would they think about our family name? Mm. I pray you heal them of some irrational beliefs and thoughts from childhood that is Mm. keeping a lot of them in bondage. Uh, You said he who the son has set free is free indeed. Remind them, Jesus, like this is what you died for. Mm. You died for this. You died to set them free, not only of their sins, but also of their trauma, which oftentimes Mm. shows up as sins. You died for that and you're strong enough to deal with that. None of this catches you by surprise. I pray that you just heal the whole person, spirit, soul, and body for your glory. In Mm. Jesus name, I pray. Amen. 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 Thank you guys so much for joining us. We want to remind you, you might you might have watched this whole thing and not hit that subscribe button. Just hit subscribe. Hit Just hit it. Press it. Only take a second. <laughs> <laughs> Press it um, um, and, and share, share. like, um, and, and we appreciate your support. All that good stuff. All right. Peace, y'all. Peace. Bye.